On today's episode, I have the incredible Jasmine L. Thomas as my very special guest. She is an entrepreneur, investor, spiritual teacher, thought leader, author, podcaster, speaker, and influencer for millennial women. Her passion lies in helping women achieve the unexplainable through heartfelt, energetic spiritual work. She does this through her nonprofit organization, She's Worthy, which was founded during one of the darkest times in her life. Jasmine hosts events, courses, and coaching programs to elevate these women to the next dimension found within themselves. I am pleased to invite Jasmine on today to have a conversation on racism, black excellence, and coming together and creating lasting change. We have created this podcast episode to inspire and uplift women of color, especially women of the black community, to come together and realize their true beauty, their true worth, and their true power. If you are inspired by Jasmine and want to hear more about her and her story, please visit the link in the description of this podcast episode, which leads you to my YouTube channel where we had a chat over self-love and the law of attraction. Hello and welcome to the Taking Back Your Power podcast. I'm Isabel Palacios and I specifically created this podcast to empower and inspire you to create your best life and live a positive existence. Join me as I interview incredible people, share my journey, discuss the law of attraction, and guide you into your greatest version. May you always remember your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. So open your mind and your heart, get comfortable, and let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Taking Back Your Power. Today, I have an incredible guest. Her name is Jasmine. Thank you so much, Ms. Jasmine Thomas, for being with us today. And we're going to dive into some really exciting topics. And my intention for this podcast is to empower, especially in light of recent events, now that we are shedding a spotlight on racism and systemic racism and just everything that's going on in the world. And I am so grateful for Jasmine because she is truly an inspiration. She has shown how to take back your power. So proud of everything she's accomplished. So Jasmine, thank you so much for being here. How are you feeling today? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel amazing and I can't wait to dive in and just really share like what's on my heart and prayerfully that this conversation will just open up people's minds and hearts, especially with what is going on in the world right now and how they can really overcome it and feel more power in this, what we may say is a struggle, which is more like a spiritual awakening, how they can just cultivate and take back power instead of giving it all away to others. I, I truly am so proud of everything you've done. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Jasmine, Jasmine is a life coach. She is a manifestation boss. She <laughs> seriously has her game down. And we've actually been in contact for about two years now, right, Jasmine? Yeah, it's been about two years. <laughs> Yeah, in, in your podcast, tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so the name of my podcast is The Mindset Queen. And the reason why I chose that name is because I feel like it's so important to allow your mind to be at work, to manifest the life and business or whatever else that you want. Um, I think so many people get so caught up in all the external actions, they don't realize that they're 
mind is what really brings forth the things that we want or don't want in life, right? So if we're focusing on negativity and things that are bringing us down, we're going to bring more of that. But if we choose to focus on positivity, love and light, we're going to be able to just bring in all of those great things. And so that's what the Mindset Queen podcast is all about. And I also not only I'm talking about mindset, I get into financial principles and like how to manifest money um, through your business or even, you know, if you don't have a business through your job, through other people, it's so many ways and channels um, for God to bring you the resources that you need in your life. And that's what the Mindset Queen podcast is there for. It's a free resource. I share everything. I really don't hold anything back because I don't believe in that. I believe in, in really just going all in because you guys who listen, you're important to me and I want you to understand your mind is powerful and you need to take advantage of it. I love it. And knowing all this, since you do dive into the self-empowerment and all of that, how do you see what we're going through right now? How do you view or your thoughts on racial injustices that are going on currently? Yeah. So the biggest thing I want to point out is that it's not a new phenomenon. I think some people are just now waking up to it, but it's been something that has been going on for a long period of time. And what I believe has happened is that people have said enough is enough. And we don't need to be ignorant of it, of what's going on, but we don't need to let it affect our flow, our peace and what we have accomplished um, daily. It is really, um, it's, it's almost disheartening um, what has happened as far as the people that have recently kind of um, been affected, whether it's their families, um, the police, all of the different things. And now it's like, okay, God has pulled back the curtain we're seeing all the skeletons, all the bones, and now it's like, it's time to do something about it. Like, now we have to stand up and we have to begin to show ourselves and what we can do to help and assist. And that's why you bringing me onto your podcast, like that's an opportunity for that to happen. And I want to also reiterate that I'm not for or against um protesting. I believe it is a right of the people um, to be able to do that. But I don't think that violence is the answer. Um, in any time in history, <laughs> violence has never really truly worked because there's always a consequence, whether good or bad, there's always a consequence. And with violence, we notice that more and more people are being hurt. But I think in this instance, we have to and when I say take our power back, I mean, we need to realize like what is really going to help us get out of this? Like, what is the bottom line? What is it really going to take? And a lot of people are skimming over that because they're focusing on the political aspect, which politics is a part of it. But it's all boiled down to money. 
<laughs> That's what it really is. Whoever has the money and the resources rule the world. And I, I know it sounds crazy. You know, I, I don't think that people should be treated differently just because of the color of their skin, their beliefs, their sexuality, all of those different things. But that's the world we live in. And until we get to a place to where we have built up our money and our funds, that way we can support and give light to the things that matter to us. That's the only way. The only way. I completely agree. And I'm glad that we're here talking together because you are an African-American woman. I'm a Latino-American woman. And we both have similar stories and we both share similar struggles. And the one thing that we agree on is, uh, well, we agree on many things, Jasmine. (laughs) The one thing that we really are about is the aspect of, okay, We have to, instead of saying, okay, all these things are against me, we have to say, okay, what is happening for me? How can I turn the situation in my favor? How can I make the best out of my situation? And like you said, it's money and it's also education and not just education in the sense like you have to go to an Ivy League school or you have to have money because we all know the college system is very expensive and that's a whole whole other topic there. But It's about knowing that we're in this age of the internet and literally all this information is out there at our fingertips. And I think that that's one thing that we really do align on is that we have created these brands or these platforms online, like your podcast, my YouTube channel, this podcast, to educate others and what we know and sharing what we know, how we overcame our own struggles because our paths haven't been easy And I think that's what we have to focus in on for the community. And I I agree Mm -hmm. with you. I I think that we do have a right to protest and we have to at one point realize, okay, what can I do on an individual level Mm -hmm. with my mindset? How can I make sure that I'm doing well? Because I'm in the frame of thought where we have to make sure that our cup is full before we can go out and go out into the world, if that makes sense. Make sure that you go through your healing. Make sure that you are taking care of self-love, having love for yourself, not waiting for others to love you or to validate you first. And then you can go out and be powerful into the world. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. Um, I really want to speak to two points that you kind of um, wrote down, which was Um, the education, and then your inner self. So I wholeheartedly agree with you on the education. And I think that once you start to see that in the Black community, there is a lack of funding Mm -hmm. or money or resources, you'll see that there is a lack of education. And that lack of education and not knowing can sometimes push us into a victim mentality or mindset. And a lot of people don't like to hear this. They don't like it, but I say it because it is true. If we as Black people, Latino people, any minority that you can think of, if we keep the mindset of, I'm a victim, this happened to me, this person did this to me, we will never rise above circumstances. Mm. I truly believe that. And I think that's the only reason why I have been able to have the success that I've had 
in my life. And I would like to go ahead and kind of share a little bit more about my story so people don't think that I just all of a sudden arrived because <laughs> that's not true yeah. whatsoever. Um, I like to kind of go back into my history a little bit. Um, my grandparents, actually, let me go back a little bit further. My second great grandmother was a Native American slave. Um, she was from the Blackfoot tribe, but she um, moved down into Heidelberg, Mississippi by the time she was actually freed as a slave. Mm -hmm. And um, all the way coming through to my um, arrival in Earth, my grandparents actually um, gave birth to my parents and poor. When I say poor, like bottom line poor. Um, my father dropped out of school when he was in the eighth grade. He had no choice. He was forced to mm. because his family could not afford like to even have food on the table. And they the food they had was like onion sandwiches and bread. And it was stale. Mm. Like that's the type of poor um, that my father came from. My mother came from the same type of poverty, if not worse. Um, I mean, kids were spread out amongst family members because they could not like afford to take care of everyone under one roof. There was a lot of abuse. There were so many different things that you could think that's wrong that actually happened. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how in the world they birthed someone like me um, <laughs> to where I'm like the total opposite of the past, but I believe it happened for a reason. I believe that I'm the catalyst mm. of change for my family, and I accept that. And for me, um, right now, I'm I'm working on my doctoral degree, and I'm openly sharing this. And Isabel, I know <laughs> that we both said how like private we are, but like last month was the first month I ever made twenty eight thousand um, dollars between my businesses and and gifts and all those different things um, all together. That's a huge transformation yeah, it really is. <laughs> from my parents to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible, Jasmine. And how would you say that knowing these stories from your past, knowing that you came from a lineage of slavery and all this, how has that just growing up, how has that affected you or how did that shift your mindset to how it is today? Yeah. So one good thing about my parents, even though they may not have had all the education, now my dad did wind up going back to school um, to get his GED. And then he got his associate's degree in welding. My mom did complete high school, but they were very big on my sister and I reading. And if there is anything that I could say to someone who may feel like, you know, they're against all odds, you know, they don't really have chances. Reading is your way to freedom. I truly believe that because what happens is you become more knowledgeable and you see opportunities that have happened for other people. And you start to think, man, can that happen for me? Mm -hmm. And that is what happened to me. I just constantly <laughs> kept in front of my my mind that I had whatever I wanted. Like I never doubted. And my parents were very supportive. Um of course my father he passed away when I was nine years old. And so my mom winded up raising myself and my sister um for years and years. And basically she never told me that there was something I couldn't do. I never mm -hmm. felt 
a block. And I know some people have to overcome a block that they may have felt with their parents, but I was blessed not to have that. And that allowed me to really believe in myself. Even though I grew up in a predominantly white community, I still felt like I had a chance. It was just something in me that really believed that there's a possibility for me. And I, to this day, still feel that if not more, even though there is a lot of injustice going on, I do feel like there are more opportunities for people of color. I really do. And we have to take full advantage of those opportunities every single day. Mm, that And that's so powerful. What you said at the end is that now there are more opportunities. And I feel the same way because my parents were immigrants to this country and poverty. My dad was trying to go through school, pay the bills. Mm-hmm. They had no family support. And then they had a little baby. And it was, you know, just hearing their stories. I feel like hearing the stories of our past and our of our families and beyond our ancestors is a catalyst, like you said, for change. And it also makes us see, okay, how can I do better with the resources I have now? How can I make, and I believe in this fully, is making our ancestors proud, Mm -hmm. is not continuing on the cycle. Like there's things that my parents did or they thought that I don't agree with. And I said, okay, I'm going to change that. It's kind of like breaking the cycle, healing, in going in a different direction. I said, okay, I don't want that for my life. I'm going to see what I can do. And you're so right about reading and taking advantage of the resources that are out there. So the thing that I wanted to touch on too was the fact that we are living in a different time than our parents and our grandparents and the resources are out there. So I wanted to see what books would you recommend or what books do you feel that have most impacted you through your journey? Yes. So, oh my gosh, two books jump out like right away when you said that. One of them is The Secret. And I know that The Secret is like the basic law of attraction book, but I listen to that book at minimum once a month. Even though I feel like I'm probably like, you know, way past the basic level of understanding, it's the energy. And I think that that's what we have to learn at this time is how important our energy is and how important our inner self really, really is. And being more mindful, more prayerful, and knowing that even though it looks like we don't have control, that we have control. And that control is from within and how we choose to react and to respond. If we don't like what's going on, we can set an intention and change it. Like we have that type of power, even if it's just one person. We have so much power in us. And I feel like that's what the secret really opened my eyes to see that like anything I want, desire, need is all from within. Like there's nothing that I have to do outside of me to get that. Of course, you have to take the inspired action and the action steps, but all those things come from within. So that is what I would say would be a good spiritual book to start with. But I'm also practical, especially when it comes to the Black community. And another book that I would recommend um, to anyone 
even though it may be targeted towards the black community, if you are going to be an ally, a helper, a supporter of elevating the black community, I recommend everyone read Dr. Claude Anderson's book, Powernomics. Mm -hmm. That book really changed my perspective and my view of how to go about making change for black people. And this is what he started with was talking about money. He was like, it's great that you protest. It's great that you show up to vote, right? Because we need to do that. Um, but he was saying more than anything, we need to focus on building our wealth by creating strong, structured businesses. And again, if you are an ally, support those businesses. Um, and also, mm -hmm. too, if a person of color, if a black person specifically is listening to this, I know sometimes with black owned businesses, a lot of people have complaints, just like any other business. But there's I'm just being completely honest. There's even racism from within. Right. Mm -hmm. And from within our community, sometimes with those complaints, instead of helping each other to build the business or maybe giving some sort of positive feedback that can help. Um, sometimes we tear down. And so we want to be mindful of that and actually build one another up, support each other. And more than even just the businesses, let's find ways to invest. Let's find ways to build more wealth. And that is what's going to happen when you start to compare numbers of like how, for example, a, typically a white couple, if they get married, they probably already have a house that grandmother, grandfather left them. They probably have some big insurance policy. They probably have all their student loans paid off. Like they start above, right? Well, mm -hmm. Black people, we right. start in the negative. And that's mm -hmm. what Poweronomics is showing, like how we can actually do things to get above because we're way behind. Um, and mm -hmm. that really, really helped me to see like, wow, like this is really doable. This is actually something that can be done. Like, I don't have to just twiddle my thumbs and be a victim. I can actually help contribute to this. Wow. And I just want to say, I just looked up Powernomics and it's sold out everywhere. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants it. I'm telling you. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. It looks amazing. I I, I just skimmed like quickly through it and it, it is definitely true. What you're saying is our power in this climate in this, in the way our world is structured is through money. Financial literacy is through learning how to budget, save, invest these different things. And you're right. A lot of people in the white community, which, I mean, I know this is the thing. I don't like to generalize people through the color of their skin because there's people who are white who have it worse off than I do. There, That is true that there are a lot of people who are already set up with parents who are well off with you know, a trust fund, and especially you, you seem to have the same upbringing as I did. I did grow up in predominantly white neighborhoods and I did notice that. And I always felt like, oh, you know, they have it better off than me, but that was like my fuel to be like, okay, I want to earn for myself. I want to push myself, learn as much as I can, put myself in a better place. So my children will have a leg up you know, and, mm -hmm. and I think it's about that is taking power into your hands and saying, okay, how can I get out of this situation that I'm in, especially in the black community? How can I 
just do the best with what I have. And we will see throughout history that the people who have made the biggest impacts on society, in the world, the game changers, they came from really hard backgrounds. Mm -hmm. They went through so much struggle. A lot of people grew up orphans and they came back. And and that's the thing about reading and researching, Jasmine, is that you read about these people. And a lot of the people who are in power just made change in the past are people who went through really difficult things. And I, that's why I always say struggle is not something to feel sorry about or something to be ashamed about. Own your struggle. Own the things that are going against you because those things make you stronger and they make you look for opportunities because a lot of times we tend to kind of sit back and just think that life is happening to us. Right. And this is where the law of attraction comes in. So thank you for letting us know about Powernomics once this comes up available. I'm going <laughs> to order it because I really want to read it. Um, but I was going to talk on the on the subject of books. Have you read any of Dr. Joe Dispenza's books? I have not. He is on my reading list, though. I have well, I well, you'll probably find out. I have so many books. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I have to slow down from buying, but he is on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has this book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, Mm. and I'm currently rereading it, and I think, wow, this is so pertinent with what's happening now, because if we realize that, okay, it's good to protest, it's good to take a stand for what you believe in, I'm all for that, but there is work that needs to be done in the mind, in our psyche, in undoing those patterns and things like that. And he explains the law of attraction so beautifully in a scientific way because he is a doctor. And there is a he talks about basically how we believed the Newtonian Newton had this model of physics that was cause and effect. And a lot of us who aren't really into the law of attraction or we were conditioned from very young to believe everything in life is cause and effect. Like, for example, I grew up in poverty or, you know, somebody grows up in poverty and they believe, okay, this is the cause and now the effect will be, okay, I'm going to be poor forever. And that does not take into account the new way of physics, what we've learned now in the modern era, which is quantum physics. Mm -hmm. And that's what he goes into in the book, which I'm not going to give it away. I think, you know, (laughs) whoever's listening, read the book because I won't explain it too well, but Honestly, it makes so much sense when we realize that everything is energy, that things aren't happening to us, that things are happening for us. And we, as we observe the quantum field or we observe outside of ourselves, we bring about what it is that we focus on. So do you want to go into that energy and how the energy that you put out or how is it that you have changed your energy to match what it is that you want? Yeah. So I would say... um, First of all, I can't wait to read that book. (laughs) That sounds like a really good book, especially into the quantum physics part, because I think that that alone is probably what makes my manifestations happen radically faster than I anticipated. Um, And Mm -hmm. it all goes to resistance. So I think that in our world, typically the average person wants a lot of control 
And when we try to control every single aspect of life, including the injustices, including, you know, the form or how we're protesting, how people respond, all these things, when we realize that we are not in control, we can take a step back and actually see what's going on as it really is with no judgment. And when I am in that place, when I, within my inner self, have accepted where I am, what's going on, I tend to attract better things to myself. Everything starts from within. Like, I cannot express that enough. And I do some different um, law of attraction techniques that are to me very basic. Um, to some people, they they may think that you know they're really advanced, but for me, it's it's simply staying in a state of gratitude and being mm-hmm. very happy with the things that I have. That's another piece of it, and not feeling like I have to um, go out and and get something else in order to feel that happiness. Um, And once I'm in that state of gratitude, I feel like I create more reasons to be grateful. Um, I also think a couple other things that people can do is be in prayer. Like, I mean, I don't know everyone's beliefs, their systems, how they go about with life. But I find when I take any fears that I have and turn them into prayers, it creates more faith. And this is how I see faith. Um, there is a, a scripture that I sent to my coach. It's a very popular scripture about the mustard seed. And there was also a part where the apostles were like, give us more faith. Like they were asking Jesus, give us more faith. And that particular in the messenger Bible I think it was from Luke. I'm not exactly sure, but it was basically saying there is no such thing as more or less faith. Mm -hmm. And that was powerful to me because I feel like whenever we are overcoming fears, we're like, I need more faith. I need more faith. But Mm -hmm. you already have enough. You Mm -hmm. already have enough. And if you just realize and recognize that everything you have is already in you, it's almost like, you are just, you just have to be, literally, you just have to be and find more joy and more reasons to smile. I know that this may be a difficult time for some people. I'm not negating your feelings, your thoughts or anything like that, but find something to be happy about. Find something that really brings you joy. And I think that that will help you um, to just get into a higher vibration because that's what it's really all about is upping that vibration. Um, Some other things that I find myself doing is yoga. That helps me so much. It helps me center myself and who I am as a person, even like using crystals to help with the energy to bring it up. It's just, it's a lot of things that you can do. Um, and it's, it's simply really and truly all comes from your mindset and your perspective and who you are choosing to be in this moment. Powerful. It's incredible. And just to add on to that, 
if you, to those of you, because I do have a lot of people who are Christian and believe in, in Jesus, and I myself do. And one thing that is said over and over is that you are not given the spirit of fear. Okay. You are not given the spirit of, you know, sadness. You are given the spirit of love, of courage. And that's one thing that we have to take ownership of. It's our birthright to be happy, to be powerful, to be encouraged, to be calm. And once we tap into that inner innate sense of calm with, you know, meditation, I think is also great. Prayer is so powerful. And if we just pray, and and that's one thing is I don't pray for myself. I don't pray asking for things. I pray in gratitude or I pray for other people. And I feel that when I do that, I am more, it's, it's not an ego sense. You know, it's not just for the ego, me, me, me. It's like, okay, I understand I'm a part of a whole. And if I'm calm and if I'm connected to my energy and I'm connected to God, to source, then I know that people around me and people I connect with are also going to receive that energy. So yes, I believe so much in the power of love and raising your vibration, which raising your vibration is just about being in gratitude, being in that idea or the feeling of love. And it's not so much personal love. There's an also, there's this doctor that I love. Her name is Dr. Christiane Northrup. And I don't know if you've heard of her, Jasmine, but she posts every single day on her Instagram. She talks about the great awakening and these things behind the scene. And one thing that she always talks about is giving divine love to other people, not personal love. Because when we think of love, we think of, okay, I love you. You're awesome. Or loving people in a platonic or in a romantic way. But she talks about divine love, which is literally taking the love from God, from source, mm-hmm. and the loving energy that is behind all of creation and spreading it to other people. And you can do that through prayer. And I think that's one of the practices I've been doing recently, especially in these events, is I have been visualizing, you know, love going into people's hearts, even the police officers, you know, and, and love being put into people's beings and their energies because. I think that's what we really need more of. And we need to understand that our vibration, that everything, as Nikola Tesla said, we can understand everything in the universe if we understand energy. We understand that everything is energy and it's our vibration. So I want to go into that with you is what are ways that you specifically raise your vibration? Let's say that you have been watching the news or you have been consuming this content and it affects you, what would you do then to raise your vibration and overcome it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That happens, like, more often than not. Um, Even if I'm, like, by someone's house and they have the news on, like, instantly, I'm like, please turn this off. (laughs) Because it does, guys. And I want people to be aware, like, if you need some news, um, if you need to know it, see if you can just pull up an article or something like that because the media is meant to bring your vibration down. It is meant to cause fear within your soul so that you can give in to whatever 
they are promoting or pushing or whatever it is. But if you must watch, <laughs> if you must be a part of it, this is honestly what I do. Okay, let me leave that where it's at. And I personally love meditation music. That mm -hmm. helps me so much and calms me down. And I'll listen to um, anxiety specific. And I'm, you know, very open, very honest. I do, um, or I have struggled with anxiety. I'm changing my words, um, struggle with it. And it calms me when I listen to that music. It helps me to shift my perspective. And I did bring up crystals. Um, I just kind of started using crystals and I've noticed they've really, really helped me. Um, right now, I do have the rose quartz um, one in my hand, which is more so towards self-love and just really, really um, opening my heart up and kind of seeing that it's okay. Like it's safe. And knowing that just because that's going on out there doesn't mean that it has to go on in here. And I also love what you said is just being a lot more prayerful about situations because truthfully with all that's going on that's all we can do that is all mm -hmm. we can do and i feel like some people feel so burdened like that's a real thing like some people feel burdened overwhelmed as if they are alone and responsible to changing this you are not alone you have to release all of that because we are a collective. It's going to take all of us to get centered within ourselves. Now, of course, you can do what you need to do. And when you take care of you internally, trust me, you're going to electrify someone else. Like you're going to inspire someone else to do the next thing that they need to do. And it's just going to be a ripple effect. And when you understand that we're all interconnected, you have no reason to feel that particular burden or whatever it is that's out there that's making you feel that way. So those are just like a couple of things that really, really helped me to get centered within myself. Beautiful. And I agree, we are part of this collective and the media is trying to lower our vibration. And to those of you who are kind of into the conspiracies, I mean, I am, I research everything. <laughs> I am such a, I like to question everything. I don't just take on what's fed. And every time I see a common theme in people's posts and you're right, there is a big, there is just a heaviness there is a, a heaviness and this burden that's being pushed on people. You need to talk about this. Why aren't you addressing this? You need to say this. You need to do. And that idea of pressure is nothing new. I think we are definitely going through a great awakening. 2020 is the year of the apocalypse, the veil being lifted. People are becoming aware of this energy and how energies affect us. And we are becoming aware of how the media social media, society at large pressures you into forming yourself or shaping yourself to align with society. Mm -hmm. When if you've been on a spiritual journey and you've been learning about the law of attraction for a while, like you and I have, Jasmine, you know this. You know for a fact that we have been conditioned from very young 
through our television, through our music to accept and kind of fall in line with this mentality of this rat race of we're all different from each other. We have to compete with each other. We can't cooperate. And that's where we're seeing a lot of this being exposed. Not only the racial injustices from the past that have been coming up and what people have been dealing with, but it's also realizing that our power doesn't necessarily sit in the government. It's, <laughs> I think it's the government and the media that is trying to create this division within us and keep us from realizing our true power our, as spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. And we have to take a step back and question everything, question even what we're saying, you know, question everything and don't feel pressured to show up or be something or someone that you're not, because we all have this inner compass inside of us. We all have this innate connection to the universe, to God, and all this stuff external to us is simply separating us further and further from who we truly are in our true essence. It's kind of like the idea of racism. People ask, how do you eradicate racism? We have to get rid of racism. And we have to understand that racism is taught. You're not born racist. Mm -hmm. It is taught. It is learned like a limiting belief. It is learned. It is repeated. Cycles are repeated. And that's how it becomes ingrained in a person. And when we realize that, we know, okay, then the work is not necessarily done outside of us. It's done internally. The work starts from a spiritual sense. And when we realize that, we won't feel this intense burden from the outside world to say the right things and do the right things. We say, okay, I'm going to release that. I can't control anybody else but myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go within and I'm going to do the work within. Because literally, like Dr. Joe Dispenza says, everything we see outside of us is a product of us. Mm-hmm. Our habits, our beliefs, what we're focusing on, what we do every single day is what we're seeing outside of us. Would you like to add on to that? Oh my gosh, that was amazing, first of all. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, I love it. And that is so true. That's so true. Whether it's good or bad, like it's a part of us. We created it, you know, and we have to take ownership and take responsibility. And I think that once people start taking responsibility and understand that like, wow, I am this powerful being, I, even though I can't control what everyone else is doing, I myself can control myself, how I respond. And then some way, somehow, all the things that I was concerned about are going to change because I changed. That's where the real power is. And I wanted to speak to two things. Um, Authenticity is real. It's very real and it's very important. And I think that that's going to be the best way for us to move through this spiritual awakening is when we decide that we are going to be who we are meant to be. We are going Mm -hmm. to serve who we are meant to serve. Everyone cannot do everything. My way of fighting against uh, injustice is not protesting. That's not my way. My way Mm -hmm. is through conversations like this. My way is through helping my own family. 
and creating scholarship programs and showing people how to make more money. Like that's my way. No way is no better or any worse than the other. And that's why that authenticity is so important because we have to be what I would say is the hands and feet of Jesus. Everyone's body part is all connected, but we're not all going to do the same thing. And once we get into that alignment and we're able to take those steps and do the things that we need to do, it's going to create change. And that change comes from realizing that the government truly is not in control. And if you look, there are more people than government leaders. Mm -hmm. And I think psychologically, (laughs) we have not questioned this. Like, wait a minute. Do I really have to do this? No, you really don't. If we all start to realize we have the power, how in the world can these few people have convinced us that we are powerless? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) That right there, like if we get in our minds to see that like, oh my gosh, like we don't have to put up with this BS. Like we can change it. Yeah, Yeah, we can change it, y'all. Like I really believe that more people need to understand that we have more control than we think we do. (laughs) It's so true. And I like to say this, I'm looking at everything that's going on and I say, okay, this is a spiritual war. Mm -hmm. This, what we're seeing is a war on our consciousness. And that's why people are maybe not even out in the protests. They're just consuming the media and they feel the same fight or flight responses as they would if they were legitimately going through a war Mm -hmm. in a war zone. And that makes you think, okay, yes, we outnumber them. And it shows you that if we were to know everything that's going on in the game of chess that's being played, because everything is a game of chess when it comes to the elites and all them, when we realize that, then we know, okay, what's the solution to all these injustices, to all these things they do to us? They're poisoning our food. They poison our water. They do all these things. Our solution is to come together. Mm-hmm and overcome the ego, overcome that sense that we are separate from each other. And you're so right. You know, it's like a body. It's a body. If you think about human consciousness, we are all connected. And when we try to work together as a body would, not your hand fighting the hand or the foot fighting the foot, come together and walk in unison together then that is how we will create change. I mean, that's what I think. What do you think? How do you think we can start creating this change? And we already are, but what do you think will push us to the next level? Yeah, I think what will really push people to the next level is coming together and having tough conversations. I think the dialogue Mm -hmm. is really important and to not lose momentum and not lose sight. Like two weeks from now, Unfortunately, not many people are going to be talking about this. Hmm. That's the truth. So how can we keep this at the forefront of our mind and integrate it into our everyday lives? And that's something that I have challenged myself to do. And I challenge 
challenge other people around me is to keep up the momentum. Like, don't let this be a fleeting moment because this is real life. And we really need to take full advantage of the opportunity, you know, to change it. And yes, again, the dialogue and taking action after the dialogue. Um, Figuring out how we can actually impact people, whether it's financially or um, if it is spiritually, if it's something we can say, it's something that we can do. It's all in the small action steps that lead to the big moment. And sometimes I think people forget that. And so they want to charge forward, right? We have all this attention on us, all the media is covering, but then you know that's not going to last forever. So we need to be mindful of the small steps and actually like keep going forward every single day to help support one another and move past this because at some point, I really believe in my heart of hearts that this is going to be a thing of the past. I really do. Going off of that, we have to plan and strategize because Ooh. a lot of what we're seeing now, especially with the protests and the rioting, it's all very reactionary. It's all very, okay, here's a problem we have. Let's just go get really angry. And I mean, I'm not saying not to feel anger. I mean, it's natural. It's I felt anger. I still, I mean, now I feel, I feel good because I've allowed myself to just be and to sit back in my energy. But at the beginning I did feel very angry and I was sucked into that. And a lot of us have, but the key, like you said, is working for the long haul Mm -hmm. is sitting back and not being reactionary because they feed off of that energy you know, the powers that be, they feed off of that negative energy, especially collectively. So we sit back and we say, okay, what's in my power right now? I can't go and fix the police right now. I can't go handpick all the bad ones and fire them or get rid of whatever people have in their mind. You can't do that right now, right this instant. But there are things that you can do because it's, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you have to make sure that you're staying in it for the long haul work towards the future, and create a plan. Because I think a lot of us are just kind of going with the wind, you know, as like a paper bag in the wind Mm -hmm. and just kind of swifting through here. And no, we have to be grounded like a tree. And we have to know that, okay, it takes time to grow. We have to plant the seeds for what we want in the future. What would you say is a good way to go about that? Yeah, so there, I think there are so many different avenues. First things first, I think we need to look within and take care of our internal world and be more mindful of how powerful that is because that's going to create the external reality. The next thing that I would do is as you're sweeping up around your own self, maybe consider, since I did mention how important money really is, Maybe consider how you can create your own wealth, right? Not just for, um, not just for your own advantage, but how you can actually help others with your wealth. So what that may look like is you may begin to save up a little bit more money than usual. You may decide, hey, I'm going to donate to a specific organization that helps with 
black issues. So that could be the NAACP. Um, you may consider maybe um, starting your own organization or starting your own business. Like there are many different ways you can kind of go about building that and then giving to those causes that really, really matter to you and getting and my what I feel like is my thing is helping more people with the right spirit to have more money, because if you have the right spirit, naturally, you're going to do good things with the money. So that would probably be the next thing. The third thing I would say is to be committed to the process because it really is, as you mentioned, it is a long haul. It is something that is going to um, to really take time. I mean, when you sit back and think about it, um, according to the historical data, but you know, I'm not going to argue with that because I'm kind of a conspiracy <laughs> theorist too. Black people have been in this country for 400 years. So we're just like, we're still having problems. You know what I mean? Like, and this has been a 400 year issue. So understanding that it is going to take time and it may be frustrating, but you really have to like ground your heels in. And I agree with you. The reactionary is not going to work. Um, after a while, it becomes childish to react mm -hmm. to every single thing. Um, some plans I think would be really and truly to focus on building that wealth and helping as many, um, black people as you possibly can, whether you know them personally, if it's, I mean, if it's as something as small as you inviting me on to your podcast, like you have helped, <laughs> like you know, so I don't want people to feel like they have to go out and do these big revolutionary things. Like, no, it's an everyday thing. Like I, when I go out for vegan food, especially like when I go out of my normal area, I do try to find a, a black owned restaurant that has vegan food so that I can spend with them. Or, you know, mm -hmm. if I know some students who are getting ready to graduate from high school, I give them a scholarship or, you know, just mm -hmm. find little ways and just commit to those ways like every single day. And I promise you will make such a huge change. And there's something my coach actually said, um, either it was either my coach or my fiance, like they say the same thing sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. That's awesome. It is. They are so, we're all aligned. <laughs> but I um, love that. It, it was something like your, the Dalai Lama said that your impact, he was working with some activists and he said that your impact may not be felt for another 700 years. Wow. And that was deep for me. Like that was so deep because we live in an instantaneous, you know, world now, like we want instant mm -hmm. results. And it's like, no, my darling, like you may not see the fruit. You may not see the fruit, but the root is growing. Yeah. And I think you and I really understand that patience aspect of that. Okay. What we're, what we're planting the seed of now, we're not going to see it for later because we are in that entrepreneurial space. Mm -hmm. We are in that space of grinding, going towards what we want. And when you become an entrepreneur, and I really do encourage, especially members of the black community Look into ways of starting your own business, whether it's an e-commerce site or it's a, a podcast or whatever it is that you can create, whether small, look into that because you learn so much, not only just about business and building wealth, but about yourself. 
when you set a goal and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. And I know so many incredible black women who have created these spaces for themselves, who have created these lifestyle brands or businesses, and they are doing so well Mm -hmm. and they're inspired and they're inspiring to everyone, you know, and those are the examples that I believe we should follow and everyone should follow is seeing those women or those men who have created something and they will literally tell you the same thing. I had to struggle for this, but in the end, the struggle always counts that it's a patience thing. We have to do the work and also know, like you said, we live in the society where everything is like, I want it now. I want it now, especially the younger generations. And we have to understand that if we want lasting change in anything, in any realm of our life, we have to understand that if you want it to last for a long time, it's probably not going to come easily. It's probably not going to come quickly. It's probably going to take its time. And that's so powerful what you said, Jasmine. And I want to go into kind of the realm of self-love. We kind of talked about this last time we spoke, but I think that's so important is knowing your worth and your value. Doesn't matter your the color of your skin. And I know that there is a level of colorism that exists. And a lot of young women come and tell me the same thing, that they don't feel worthy enough because of the color of their skin. And I get it from people all over the world that, mm-hmm. you know, it, and I see it's a very real thing. And I want to hear your thoughts or just your perspective on that, because I think it's so important. Um, it's honestly disheartening, really disheartening to hear that because in my heart of hearts, I truly believe that we are all like beautiful. Like that is what I truly, truly believe. But some way, as you probably already know, we came to a point in history where pale was the best. Like if you weren't pale, you were trash. And that's just what has been passed down from generation to generation so much so that we don't even have to say it. We, we just do it. Like it's just an Mm -hmm. automatic response that we, um, we look at people differently just based off of that. And my youngest nephew, not my youngest, my oldest nephew, I remember he was in about the fifth grade and he told me, he was like, my youngest nephew is more handsome than him because his skin is lighter. I'm like, what? You're in the fifth grade. And I'm telling you, there's no way anyone from our family said that to him. Like, I don't know where he got that from, but I'm like, you're 10 and you feel that way. Like, how and where did this come from? And it could have been from school or it could have been innately. Like, inside Mm -hmm. of him, he felt that unworthiness because we do pass down things generationally without even trying. So it, it could have been that. Um, and, wow. and from that, what I would really say is that if the color of someone's skin determines their worth, then what would you say, I'm just being honest here, what would you say about Jesus? Because while some people don't want to admit it, we know historically Jesus was a black man. Like we know that mm-hmm. he had dreads, he had all the characteristics of what you would consider a black person. And that to me makes me realize that wait a minute like why does that even matter why does the color (laughs) 
matter. We clearly all come from the same source. Like, what? Like, why is that so important? And I think what has allowed it to become so important is it divides that line. The, the people who control society, the governmental systems had to find a way to divide the line because they did not want to distribute everything to each individual person. If they would have chosen to do that, they would have not been able to be in control. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's where it all comes from is this idea of racial or super superiority according to this, your skin color was created. It is a construct. It's not something that we're born with. And it is something that is learned and it was used to keep people down. Because as I always say, if you're a threat to somebody, they will do whatever it takes to bring you down. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is so beautiful about Black history And all these things that have happened to the black community was that, you know, for a fact, they kept you down because they knew that if you were to really know your power Mm. and you were to rise up, that you would be powerful as hell. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. (laughs) Yes. And that's so true. And if people go back into history, Mansa Munsa, um, have you have you heard of him before? No, I haven't. Okay, so he's technically the richest man ever. And he was a black man. Um, and this was, I believe, the 1400s or maybe a little bit before. Um, but, yeah. And he literally, as the king, he gave away gold to every country. Like, wow. that's just what he did. And the sad thing is, is that his empire was overturned by white people basically it was kind of like I think they were operating in fear and so they just Mm -hmm. kind of took over and took advantage of that but you're right they know how powerful I won't even just say black people I'm gonna go ahead and say people of color they Mm -hmm. know how strong we are they know and the only way they could keep us from that was to find that divide. And unfortunately, there's a consequence for that. And that's why I really believe that at some point, we're not even going to see this race thing. We're not even going to have to identify with this. We're just going to be able to be people. And that yeah. is when I feel like the new heaven and earth will be here. Like, I really feel, feel that that's what it's going to take um, because we, we have to stop. The division is time out for all of that. Like, it, it's not helping us. It's actually hindering us. And, and it's going to come where we're not even going to care about that anymore. Yeah, amen. And I think that's what we should be working towards is coming together and realizing that our power is from that connection and we have to start from that connection either in our communities with our families and have a sense of okay let's work together because you this is the thing it's like that saying it takes a village to raise a child mm-hmm. you know and we can't do it all on our own it's about reaching out and that's why i believe you and i connected because energetically we were brought together. I don't even know. I don't even remember how you and I connected. Maybe you messaged me, but we started talking and, you know, that's how 
we were brought together. I believe the universe brings people together mm-hmm. to form these alliances, to form these relationships, because that's how you create change. And as soon as all this kicked off, you know, I started reading a lot and, and you know, just researching and reading up on history, especially black history and all these things. And I thought, okay, who would be a person that I can go to that I know is set in their energy, somebody who I know is just smart as hell. Who can I go to? And you are one of the first people, I think maybe the first person I thought, okay, I'm going to talk to Jasmine. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because I think you truly are the idea of what you know, especially black people who have felt downtrodden, who have felt beaten down, who have felt in a place of inequality. I think you truly are that goal. You are the ideal and you are somebody who literally practices what you preach. I mean, you're out getting your master's in education. You're transforming lives in the social media space. You're a coach. You're a person who is committed and you have made a career for yourself, helping others. And that is truly powerful. And that is our power is how we can help others. And you, I mean, I just, I feel so inspired talking to you. You have such an incredible energy. Thank you. Yeah, truly. And you are literally one of the first people I was like, okay, how can I best utilize my platform to give a voice to, you know, the black community? And So thank you so much, you know, for all of that, for all that you share and all that you are, because I think, wow, if we could just have everyone in America have that mindset, what couldn't we do together? Mm, Thank you. I really appreciate it. And and I love that you took the time because to be honest, you don't have to like, you know, you don't have to give a voice. To, to black people, you could just keep rolling and pretend like nothing is going on. But it takes an honorable person to acknowledge it. And then also to being the fact that you are in the Latino community and you know the disparities that are happening to them. But to even open up and say, you know what, let me reach out to someone that's in the black community and let me help them. Like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> that is amazing. So. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm, I'm happy to help and happy to serve as, as many people as I, I can. I mean, I just feel like this world needs change. And if it's going to change, it's going to be up to me internally. Like, it's a decision. And once we all start making that decision that we want change and that that is our focus, it's going to happen. Like, it has no choice but to happen. I believe in the power of decisiveness. And I've decided that I am going to help change the world. We can do this. Even just this podcast episode, so many doors are going to open for people. So many hearts are going to be changed. I truly believe that in my core. So thank you for allowing me to share this this space, time, and reality with you because I know good things are coming from this. Yes, I believe it too. And I set that intention before we came on is just to open up hearts and minds and to realize that anger and division and separation and everything that's being fed to us 
It does not have to become our story. It does not have to become who we are. And we have to realize we are more than what the powers that be want us to be. And when we begin to question that and question everything people tell you, you know, your parents, how they raised you or your teachers, question everything. And that's how you truly begin to form your intuition. That's how you form who you are. That's how you connect to that infinite consciousness that we're connected to. And that's how we become powerful on this earth here in the physical. And I just wanted to ask you one last thing. Before we start wrapping up, I mean, I feel this this hour that we've been talking just really is. There's so much. <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you your ideas on developing a code of conduct. Mm-hmm. And I want you to go into that because it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, um, that is, again, from Powernomics with Dr. Claude Anderson. And he talks about this. And um, it's hard to admit a lot of faults in the black community, but we, we do, we have them just like any other community. And one thing is that I believe once integration started happening in the sixties and seventies, we lost our code of conduct. Mm -hmm. We lost our uh, spirit of excellence and how we go about presenting ourselves, what we decide to do and be and how we show up in the world. And that code of conduct is what I believe will help people that are outside of our community to take us more, what you would say, seriously. Mm. Is it wrong that they don't take us seriously and that they take lives from us? Absolutely, it is wrong. Mm. But when you are not aware of your worth, when you are not in alignment with your higher self and the truth that is within you, of course, people are going to want to take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. But we can change that. We can create a new narrative. And that's what the social code of conduct is, is where Black people say, enough is enough. This is who I am choosing to be. This is what I am choosing to have. This is what I deserve. This is how I'm going to show up in the world as my best self, whether that's all about our internal world or if it's how we decide to dress, how we decide to look, how we decide to speak, and not even as an individual, but collectively. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something about um, colorism. There is a, an issue of colorism within the Black community. And one part of the code of conduct that I believe should be added in there is that every shade is enough. Mm. Every shade of us is beautiful. All of us, the things that once were looked at as flaws, we now fully love and accept ourselves and each individual. The code of conduct is going to push us to help one another to create our own businesses, our own industries, our own neighborhoods where we can actually be a community. Dr. Claude Anderson in his book, Powernomics, goes on to say that essentially we don't really have communities anymore. We have neighborhoods, 
Literally, we have a neighbor. We don't have a community where we can call on each other, where we can depend on one another. And that's one thing I praise the Latino community about is that if somebody needs a babysitter, (laughs) if somebody needs someone to cook, clean, whatever, you guys work together. And that's what makes you so powerful in this country. That is why the government is so scared of you guys. (laughs) I'm serious because y'all come together like no other. That is what it is, but it's the coming together. It's the community. And I think once we develop that code of conduct, it is a standard. That is it. We're not letting anything slide within ourselves or beyond ourselves. I think that's when the change is really going to come. Yeah. And that's so Mm -hmm. true. And I think it all, the smallest part, the smallest unit of the family other than the individual, I mean, of the community other than the individual is the family. And I think we have to strengthen, like I'm very close to my family. And I think that's why I've been able to come through and and create what I've created is because I have had the support. And I think once we, and just society as a whole is coming together as a family, whether those are your friends and treating your friends like a family, you know, but having that unit, the strong unit, your soul tribe, your family, and strengthening those bonds really will help in in everyone because it's not just, I don't think just in the black community, I just see it in America as a whole. We are very separated from each other. A lot of people don't know their neighbors or their neighbors hate each other. And that's what we have to counteract is coming together, especially us that are in the spiritual community we should come together and discuss and work together. And yeah, I agree. And I love that code of conduct. And I think definitely, like you were saying in in the 70s and 80s, you know, things started changing, 60s and 70s started changing. But Mm -hmm. I think it's also just goes to say for society as a whole too, is that we've kind of pushed away from that and into that competition mindset and not the cooperation mindset. And I think that's the basis for everything. That's how we can create the new earth and come together and use this great awakening in our benefit, in our favor, because yes, the veil is lifted. We're seeing so much out there. So many people are messaging me every day like, what's going on? I Have you seen this video? Have you seen this? I'm like, yes, I've seen all of this. I, love <laughs> this. I don't talk about it so much outwardly um, because it is... It, it, the stuff that I know and I've researched is just stuff that will just blow your mind and some people will take it the wrong way. So I'm very, very cautious of what I do put out there in my content. Um, But it's all out in the open. All we have to do is ask ourselves, what can I do right now within myself to best align to the optimal timeline? And like you were saying earlier, Jasmine, we have to pray. We have to keep our vibrations up. We have to educate ourselves. We have to take the power back and realize that the power of the law of attraction and manifestation is real. And that is our birthright. No government can take that away from you. No police officer can take that away from you. That is yours to claim and to use. And there's so many ways to connect with it. So I want to ask you (laughs) before we sign off. What is some advice that you have for anyone listening? I would say to each individual, really just breathe. Sit with yourself. 
and look within your soul every day and think about what is the right next thing you can do to contribute to bettering the world. It does not have to be something extravagant beyond what you are capable of doing at the time, but just one small thing. How can you make something better? If you see an injustice, whether big or small, are you going to stand up and help that person? If you have the opportunity to give, will you give? If your intuition tells you no, will you listen? It's the small things that make up the big things. And when you understand that we all work together, every piece and part, we work together to create this reality. I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise, you will see a huge transformation and a shift. Don't become overwhelmed. Don't worry. Don't take on the perceptions, the views, the mindsets of the media and the negativity. Choose to be the light in the world. Choose to see this as an opportunity to bring more light into the world to cast out darkness. Beautiful. That's incredible. Thank you so much, Jasmine. I could not have said it any better myself. And truly, I'm so grateful that you took the time to be here with me today. And for everyone listening, I know everyone is so grateful for your time and your knowledge and your brilliance. So thank you so much. And you are the definition of Black excellence. So thank you for being yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, thank you so much. And To everyone out there listening, where can we find you, Jasmine, on social media? Yes, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at I am JL Thomas. I love connecting and talking with everyone. I post as frequently as necessary. (laughs) Um, I'm kind of one of those people that when it when something comes through, I'll, you know, speak it. If not, I'm offline, but I I probably chat more in the messenger than I actually do posting or anything like that. But I love connecting with people and yeah, please connect with me. (laughs) Great. And I will link all your social medias down below in the description for everyone who wants to connect and please message her. Please get in contact with her if you have any questions. You are a coach, right? Are you taking coaching clients at this time? Yes, I am. Um, I only have energetic space for two people and I'm working more on the spiritual. Um, I'm really big into heartfelt energetic work. I believe that that is what helps with manifesting the things that we want in this life is that it's all spiritual. It's all spiritual. And for me, um, bringing in a large amount of money last month and even this month, like this week, I had an $8,000 week already. Um, Yeah, it's it's the inside, because when I tell you it's it's nothing that I feel like I'm doing externally, I'm really going deep within and I want to share this like I want to share this with more people. I want to help them to get there because I know that this is not just for me, like 
it's, it's not. It's supposed to be for more people. Um, but it's it's all about timing. And I believe that the right two people will come into my my world, my physical plane, and it's it's all gonna work out. <laughs> Perfect. That is beautiful. And anyone who's listening out there, get on that, take up those last two spots and work with her because you you will probably be transformed. Thank you so much, Jasmine. And thank you so much for everyone listening today. And I hope everyone is doing well. Please take care of yourselves. Don't consume so much media and get back into your power. Get back into your inner light. And always remember this, my beautiful angels, no matter who you may be in this life, no matter what you may look like or what trials and tribulations you're going through, your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Jasmine. And Join me next week for another episode of Taking Back Your Power. Bye-bye.